cold open. I got it. So being that we hadn't recorded in a while, I was driving home from the grocery store today and I was getting my vocal warm-ups in, you know, talking like Frederick and just trying to remember who Frederick was <laughs> and what his voice sounded like. And I often think about D&D when I'm in the car and I just kind of want to zone out. So to provide even more context for the scenario, there are bunnies in my yard. They have a little burrow. And for context even further, uh, two of you would know, well, I guess all of you would know this. My backyard is not very big. So I can see the mother bunny just hopping around in her burrow. And, and with any good role player, you know that there's a tiny bit of you in every character. And I think I gave myself too much credit because I used to think that I was as calloused as Frederick was. And I was exiting the car from the grocery store, walking into my backyard, and I see the mother bunny sitting on top of this burrow in the absolute pouring rain. And I'm like, oh my god. I run inside and I dump all the groceries and I run up to my wife and I'm like, we need to build a house for these bunnies. We, we need to put a little shelter over these bunnies. They're going to drown. And I'm like panicking about these rabbits and watching this mother sit on her burrow. And um, I wanted to build them a little house, but I was told I could not do that. So, I, so today I learned the hard line between me and Frederick. That's wonderful. But where's, where's the open, the question discussion. Well, that was more of a story. <laughs> it was an anecdote. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you guys that, that cool thought I had. Not everything has to be open-ended. This one's about me. <laughs> unless, you guys wanted, unless you guys wanted to uh, think of a similar moment, but I have to do that. I mean, I, I could do a plug. <laughs> I, uh, I've been playing a lot of, like, Pokemon ROM hacks. Because, damn, do I love some Pokemon. Yeah. And, damn, sometimes you just, you need more than what Game Freak gives us. And so, the latest one that I have been absolutely loving is called Pokemon Quetzal. It's like Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L. It's a base game is Emerald, and it's got freaking all generations, including Scarlet Violet. And the thing that's coolest about it so far is it has basically, like, Legends Arceus or either of the Switch games, like, wild Pokemon sort of vibes. Like, you see them in the overworld. Oh, you don't have random encounters. Well, you can, but there's the option to not. In the overworld, but... Yeah, you see what the Pokemon are before you encounter them. I'm very nice. much enjoying the sprite art for Sprigito in this game. I have not even seen a Sprigatito in it. Sprigatito. At first I thought you said Pokemon Bretzel. Pretzel. <laughs> Which is not outside of the realm of possibilities for ROM hacks, no, but it also no. leads to the existence of Pokemon chips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the we have uh so there's a very weird inside joke in my friend group when we play showdown and so basically I forget the entire context but I sent out Doxbun the uh, sweet <laughs> roll dog Pokemon and yeah. I don't know when or where but I referred to him as God's silliest soldier <laughs> and that has not left ever since I agree I confirm that they call him that. Because I am also in that Discord. He's been yes, he's been playing Rocket League with us, and then all of a sudden they just bring up God Silius Soldier, <laughs> and I have been also playing Pokemon Emerald, not Pokemon Emerald, Pokemon Leaf Green, and I've been building up a secret team that is going to become my self insert when I beat the game that I will shove somewhere into this universe and uh, party wipe the entire group. <laughs> bring it on! <laughs> we got it. Let's let's go. All right. Oh, hold on. Giddy up. There we go. I got it. Hey, you forgot about me.
everybody! It is me, Lucas. I am gonna be playing Jedediah Moonstone tonight, like I have been many nights before and many nights in the future. Say it more as a question, apparently, than an actual statement of fact. <laughs> hey, it's it's up to the audience whether they believe that I'm Jedediah. I aim for cinema verite, but who knows if we achieve it. Hey, it's JFK here, playing Triga Fatteria, young, naive, bandito wannabe. And fun fact about Triga this week is that even though he grew up on a farm, he has a really bad pollen allergy, so he he's kind of congested right now. Hi, I'm Ryan. I play Frederick the Phantom Mayor, veteran of the Hohen Civil War and all-around badass bandito. And I'm Jack, and I will be reprising my long-standing role as Dungeon Master and Perfect Man for tonight's performance. Okay, so we are going to do a fade to black as soon as our three adventurers get their fortunes read to them. So <clears throat> last I checked, Frederick, your destiny is tied to something on the seas, which is very odd because you have nothing to do with water since you are for the Magma Federation. Jediah, yours was in Rust Turf Cave, and Trigo, your secrets were stored somehow in, I don't want to mispronounce it, Meteor Falls. Thank you. I almost said Moon Falls. I don't know why. So yes, so you got your futures read, and we fade in to a new day. You guys went to bed after getting your fortunes. You said your goodbyes, and you are standing right on the route leading away from Wallisle City. A um, bit of housekeeping, I guess. What we are going, to, refresh my memory, we're going to the the desert area to kill somebody. Who is the guy who we're going to kill? Uh, I, I think it was Loveridge Town. Yes. Loveridge. Loveridge. Now it is by the dry dry desert that is just north of you, because you guys are Route One Eleven. So you guys are very close to the point where he would be, but he's not like something you have to do i mean it's not like uh mr lacroix is gonna actually like gut you guys if you don't do it immediately but yes he is by laverage I, now... I could be wrong but wasn't didn't jfk's dad say something about laverage town to us too just about he, to ask then he did indeed so trigo does that mean this man we're hunting laverage is the same man your father has set us up to uh to get rid of not that I'm aware of. Seems like it's a two birds, uh, excuse me, two dodrio, one stone situation. <laughs> Get out. No, well, we got we got a flavor of the universe. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's good. Though I do have to admit, uh, I'm a little green with envy of uh, Jed's party over there, and I think we could use a little backup before getting into a fight. I think so too. Okay, so as I've told you before. If you want to know the specific Pokemon that you want to find, and if you want to do like a hunt for them, you can go into any tavern, any place, and explain and basically ask locals. If you keep traveling up the road, there might be something for you. Or if you want, you could just say, hey, I want to do just, we'll do like a miniature dungeon where basically I'll just program, I'll just say there's three different levels of it, and you guys can go through it and just roll the dice basically. Like uh, a mystery I, dungeon type thing? Uh, I would say the dungeon's mysterious, yes. <laughs> Does that mean I can't, like, Frederick can't just go bushwhack in and try to find a Pokemon? I mean, we could. It just sounds so, like... Yeah, yeah sure. Why not? I, I, I hey, hey, you're in the driver's seat. I'm just asking you what I'm seeing out the window, bud. I mean, if you want also, to do one on one, that's fine. I mean, you know. Jack, if you already had mechanics, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. But I don't want the baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so let's do. Let me just load up the Pokedex real quick. Get the spreadsheet out, and let me get the drop tables out. Okie dokie. All right, so. What's your guys' plan? You're going to try to go up the road, see if there's a small town there, or are you going to just go into a random, like, uh, thatch in the woods, basically, a bunch of trees close together, and then try your best to accomplish your goal here? I think Frederick just kind of wanders in. Well, 
give me a little give me a little ambiance what okay. what kind of what kind of environment am i looking at so what you guys would be doing is you're looking at a dirt road with large pine trees surrounding it there's like a few like off bodies of water uh, and a few small houses and settlements nearby, but nothing huge to put on the map, like, you know, maybe like two or three houses per bank, bar, and other dispensaries. On top of that, there's a large thatch of trees, as well as kind of like a giant slope around you that leads to about, I want to say like 60 feet up, where there's a bunch of trees and some random Pokemon wandering around in there. Okay. Fred returns to Cyndaquil. All right, buddy, let's go make a friend. And he starts walking up towards the trees. All right. What does everyone else do? Or is this just going to be one man's dungeon or one man's like kind of encounter? My plan was to walk into the bar and ask where I can find a water type. You know, something like maybe a Psyduck or a Corpfish. Okay. So one's going to the bar, one's going to the mountains. Or like the hill, the 60-foot hill. Lucas, where are you going? I think right now, Jeb is just feeling a little off. And yeah, the events of our last episode are still weighing very heavily. And so I think he's going to just take some time to almost set up a little campsite and get some, some quality time with his two Pokemon. Ooh, a split the party episode licks my lips. You got you yeah, love another sheet of paper. Okay. <laughs> so I guess let's start with Ryan. We'll do one. There are three floors. We'll do one floor. We'll go to JFK. We'll go to Lucas. Each floor, I'll give you a, basically one or two Pokemon. You can pick which one and then go to the next floor. You Easy got enough. It. All right. And correct me if I'm wrong. You said you want to go to the mountainous or the more mountainous one, correct? I want to go where those pine trees were. Alrighty. So let's roll this. There we go. All right. Are you ready? Oh, I was born ready, baby. Okay. So as you push through the pine trees, as you kind of sway the branches from side to side, you spot with your eye one Yama just kind of basking in the sunlight. He's on a nice big branch. And he's just kind of like fluttering his wings in the sun. But on the other side of the tree, you see two sea dots hanging from a tree branch, kind of like, which I didn't know this. Sea dots are shaped like acorns, but the top of the acorn is a suction cup, so they can just kind of stick there. So you see two sea dots just kind of hanging from a tree. I think I'm going to go for the sea dots. I got type advantage. All right. So there are two sea dots. Now, since they are just chilling in a tree, hanging out, they don't obviously see you coming. So you are clear to basically uh, roll however you want. Combat hasn't started yet. Okay. I think Cynical and I take a position sort of probably about 30 feet from this, uh, the sea dots. And in a, in a maneuver that he and I have probably rehearsed fairly frequently behind some sort of low hanging or like low to the ground shrub or maybe a rock or something and we take cover behind that and i tell sunaquil to use ember at the at the sea dot would you please do me a favor and roll to hit all right that ember is hitting on my on sunaquil's decks uh, that is a 17 plus 2 which gives me 19 oh joy that's going to hit all right so i'm going to say the left sea dot gets hit and falls to the ground and the right seat is just going to kind of panic detach and he is on the ground with you roll me damage please all right that does a d 1d6 and what was the dealio with type advantage again so how much doubled it right or do we say we just double the dice rolls or double the uh double the final hit double the final yeah well i'll double the final number show me that roll oh that is a 12 baby Oh, the six doubled. So, okay. So the C dot finally drops to the ground. The one that was so distressed. And when he looks up after he made, obviously the most incredible superhero landing an acorn could create, he looks up to a burning carcass of a dead C dot. (laughs) (laughs) 
God. <laughs> he wakes up to a dead carcass, and he, there's just a look in his eye of determination and vengeance that is sorely placed. It is incredibly placed. The Yama that was chilling on the branch bolts off into out of out of the tree line. He is gone, and the other C dot is now determined to Ooh, ruin your day. Hey, Cyndaquil, um, I think we might have hit that guy too hard. Uh, uh, all right, let's go with this one. Um, this <laughs> Frederick just kind of holds his gun in one hand and rubs his <laughs> neck, and he's just um. Mm-hmm. Just trying to figure out how how not to kill. <laughs> All right, do I still have initiative? Oh no no no! This this no. C dot has been ready. The C dot has uh, is about to go into ultra instinct. All right, so the C dot, after seeing his friend's burning carcass, is going to use. Oh my god! Why? Why do they only know bide? That's a terrible move. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He doesn't have a lot to do. The C dot is going to use absorb. He does have that at least. That is going to do. First off, we roll first. Does an eighteen hit? I uh, most certainly yes. All right. Now, unfortunately, I'm assuming he's going to target Cynequil. He already has full HP, so this will do very little for him. However, he does get to roll a D four. Okay. And I'm going to half it since he has no advantage. So I want you to do two damage to Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil is going to go for another Ember then. All right. Give um, me a roll. That is a 10 plus two is a 12. That's going to hit. All right. So give All me a roll right. now. All right. 1d6. Uh, that is a five times two is a 10. A little softer. So this CDOT also combusts into flame. Oh, no! Just, and the worst part is there's just like three of those little like fire bullets heading towards it. And he has this look of determination in his eyes like, I can stop him now. And the first one hits him at the chest, or I guess the center of mass as an acorn, and just completely pushes him back. The second and third one hit like the little cap and like completely kind of uh, chip it to, to the point where he just kind of falls over. They have seven HP. Oh no! I think Frederick sits on the grass and just, <laughs> and just goes, "Oh, buddy, uh, I guess we're not good at making friends." All right, and then, and we'll, then we'll cut. we go to JFK, or sorry, Trigo, who is moseying on over to a bar. So when you walk in, there is one bartender who is standing behind a bar. It's a relatively small bar. There is one person at the bar drinking and two people who are playing darts a little bit down the way. I just walk up to the bartender. Alright, so he's kind of, as tradition speaks, he is polishing a bar uh, a glass uh, while you walk in, and he just kind of grunts while you have. I don't have a water. Speaking of water, do you know anywhere where I can find some water types around here? He hawks a loogie into your glass and wipes it out before putting it under a tap to fill it. And he says, well, there's like a small pond up by the house up the road. Uh, not not too much to write home about. Why? Anything in particular? No, I just want to catch a water type. Slides it on the table. He's like, well, you're not catching anything bigger than a horsey. Do you have a rod? Anything that could catch it? Uh, I don't think I do. Mm. Well, I mean, you could always just kind of like dig in, try to see if one will come up to you, but I mean, it's going to limit your odds. <clears throat> Sorry, one second. And he kind of just like leans out the window and like kind of looks over. He's like, hmm. If you hurry, maybe you might catch one of the polywags. It's kind of still kind of early enough. They might be out dancing around. I hear that and I just run off. Wait, that's $2 for the water. I throw two coins back at him as I run out. Uh, roll a uh, d20. 12. That's with no modifiers. It it falls at the foot of the bar on the other side. You just kind of, as you're leaving, as you hear the doors swinging closed, you just hear a groan. Oh, well. All right. So, Lucas, you are setting up camp. What do you want to do first? The first thing I'm doing is I'm letting out... Uh... Teddy and Penny, let them uh, hang out with me here. Okay, so 
they're they're out they're chilling um you see that teddy ursa actually roll roll me investigation roll me investigation real quick investigation yes okay that is a 15 okay you notice because you have been around animals long enough you notice that teddy ursa is very aggressive towards penny in the sense that like uh, you're you're muscling in on my territory here like almost like a defensive kind of like bully tactic oh no well the first thing in that case that i want to do is i'm gonna walk up between the two of them and just get down on teddy's level and give teddy a hug and say there there bud it's all right i i'm still still yours roll roll an animal handling for me Okay, okay. That is a 19. So Teddy feels very tense while you do that, and you can tell it's looking at your shoulder, and within like a few minutes, seconds really, it turns into kind of like a melted kind of puddle in your arms, kind of. So it's, it, Teddy was very agitated and has since now become a little bit chiller. All right. Like melted? Like he's he's yeah. crying now? Or? No, just kind of like, you know how like, when uh when when like you give someone a hug or you pick so try to pick something up and they just go limp that that's what oh, you feel. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. They go boneless. They go boneless, okay. correct. That is that is the medical term, I believe. Yes, yes. Alright. Anything else you want to do? Uh I I think I wanna talk to Teddy almost now that we've had this little moment and be like, Teddy, did you I I don't even remember. Were you out? Did you see what happened after the race then? Is, was that just in my mind? What Was that really the man? Teddy kind of shrugs or tilts its head at you, not really kind of understanding, and kind of like just starts to look around as if he's looking for the answers. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to find any answers just sitting around here. But still, I, I think we better make the most of this. And I think I Set up a couple tents. Okay. Anything other than that? Uh, I mean, can I have an interaction with Penny? Is anything going on with her? Is she uh, so being playful, or what's what's her personality in this moment doing? I mean, she's a little standoffish because even though you just did that to her, it's like you just kind of rewarded the behavior of bullying. I'm gonna. I mean, I guess do the same thing. I wanna. Go over to Penny and pet her, give her scratches on the head, all the good girl behaviors. Like, come on, it's okay, it's okay. Rule animal handling with advantage. Okay. First roll is a 12. Uh, second is uh 13. Okay, so you don't get the same effect, really, that you originally got with Teddy. However, you, you start to see that Penny is a little bit calmer. It's still probably keeping her distance, but you know it's not like she pulls away or starts barking or anything like that. Just relatively calm down. Okay. All right. We'll get back to you in a bit. For right now, Frederick is trekking still up this slope kind of you start to notice that it's starting to slope up and you get to not really like a river but kind of just like a steady flow of rainwater that's kind of like washing over the trail and you look to the left and you see a sleeping hoot hoot in a tree burrow to your left and then to your right you see a venonat that is kind of just kind of hopping up and down around the branches it's the uh, fuzzy purple ball. All right. Well, I think Frederick looks at Cyndaquil and looks at the Venonat and says, mm-hmm. I think you might be a little too strong for that if the C dots are anything, uh, anything to speak of. So let's go for that hoot hoot over there. And they do the same kind of maneuver. They find some cover and line up the shot and go for that sweet, sweet ember. Okay. Roll me an attack roll with advantage because right, of is... who's sleeping. Uh, well, that's a 17 plus 2 and an 18 plus 2, so a dirty 20. Okay. So you... 
so as i said you murder a lot no 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 this one's fine but i just realized so it was sleeping inside like a little hole right so basically what cynical would do then is run up the tree shove its face in the hole and just start breathing fire into this sleeping owl's face yeah, just one long continuous ember right into the uh, the hole of the tree. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna say that it hits. Roll me damage. All right, and I don't get any sort of you get no special damage. help here. No special help. So hopefully the hoot hoot survives. Oh, oh, whew. all right, one damage. Okay, so. As Cynical kind of like dismounts the tree, the Hoot Hoot emerges and its face is completely black with soot and its eyes are red and it is going to go into a frenzy. So it is going to jump out of the tree and start to ferociously peck at your Cynical, which will do, first of all, does a 16 hit? Yes, yes, it does. Okay, so Peck is going to deal. 1d6. Xenoquil takes 1 damage. Alright, a a fury of blows here. Yes, like Um, I said, he's very mad. I think then we're gonna go... How far is the Hoot Hoot flying? He landed to peck you, so he's not... He landed. Okay, uh, let's go for a quick attack then. Alright, that is also gonna be on my decks. A 16 plus 2. That hits. Roll me damage. And I do damage on D4 for that. Mm-hmm. Another one. Oh my god, Cyndaquil. You either don't even whiff it, or or we murder Express. So Cyndaquil tucks his shoulder and just kind of crashes into it. The hoo hoo just kind of slams back in the tree. You see some kind of like leaves fall down. He gets up. He's looking, you know, not terrible. The hoot hoot is then going to open with a hypnosis. Oh. So does a the hoot hoot critically failed the hypnosis. <laughs> so hoot hoot just kind of like his eyes start to glow purple. And he starts to stare at the cynical, and the cynical starts kind of like swaying back and forth, back and forth, and then just kind of like starts. You know how like in class when we you used to get tired in class, you might start nodding off, and your neck kind of starts giving out to the weight of your head behind you. Yeah, yeah. You start to see that happening, and they just kind of like opens his eyes broadly, and then just kind of stares forward blankly, like, what would something happen? Alright, way to stay awake, Cyndaquil. Let's give another ember. And he goes for the ember. You want to tell me how this looks? How What are we doing here? Paint me the scene this time. I think after the slam into the tree, they're maybe five feet away from each other. So Cyndaquil just kind of tucks his arms and goes for another, like, I think in the training of Cyndaquil, I since the range on Ember is sixty feet, and Cyndaquil is historically fought with Frederick in the war. They've developed different techniques of Ember. So one for long range, you know, he adjusts his snoot, as it were, for different ranges. So I think he's opened his snoot as wide as it can go, kind of the Ember, and is going to go for like a what is the equivalency of a shotgun blast. Okay, all right, now. Roll me damage. Because I believe you hit. No, I didn't. I didn't roll for that. Okay. Um, oh, five plus two. Five plus two. All right, so that's going to miss. Although it would look cool. And the Hoot Hoot now is going to start taking flight. Like, he's starting to flap his wings up and start to kind of, like, ascend, if you will. He might not be fly away. He might be. But he's just off the ground right now. Um, that's his turn, or, or is he going to try to do something else? That's his turn. He's just going to take flight. All right, Cyndaquil, one more ember. Bring about this bird back to the ground. It goes for the ember. That is 14 plus 2. Yep, that hits. All right, what's my damage? All right, that is a 6. Uh, that's another 1. Oh my god, Cyndaquil, please. <laughs> okay, so he's still flying in the air from that. He's not going to get knocked down, but he does sustain the hits. And he's going to kind of like do a dive bomb, which I'm going to give him bonus attack damage for since he's kind of like got a massive like stroke basically from this. He's got the momentum. Does a four hit? (laughs) No, it does not. Okay. So he kind of does this gigantic swoop down and completely skirts right past the Cynequil and then picks up behind you. He is still flying in the air. Keep in mind. 
Uh, another ember. I think that's the only way I can hit him. Cedarquil's got some hops. He's not like high in the air. He's like five feet. Uh, well, I already rolled for the ember, and that was a six plus two. Six plus two is going to miss. All right, so for his turn, he's going to take a perch up on the top of the tree, and he's going to kind of try another hypnosis. Would a seven hit? That's uh, against my wisdom. Yes. Uh, no, surprisingly, it does not. All right, so same deal. He's just going to kind of nod it off, basically. He's fine. All right. Uh, I'm going to go for another Emperor then. Come on, Cyndaquil. You can do it. Uh, two. Oh, my God. Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil just looks behind you and just kind of does the what thing with his hands, where his hands are like, what? What do <laughs> I do here? And the hoot hoot now is going to start to kind of fly again, but this time he's making his way for the canopy. All right. Now, be straight with me. Do I have a chance to catch this thing if I throw a Pokeball now? Or is it just going to be really hard for me to catch it? Uh, let's see. So I'm pretty sure if I can pull up the equation that we have for catching it. All right. So I'm struggling to find the rules for this. So we were saying, basically, what are the odds of me catching him? Is it like, do I have a chance or is it going away for nothing? As of right now, it is going to be his challenge rating times how much health he has left, which you don't know exactly, plus five or plus 10, I believe. So you take that chance. I mean, what have I got to lose? If I attack him again, he's just going to fly away. Um, all right, uh, Frederick lines up the shot, and he throws the Pokeball. And what does Ryan roll? Come on, I want a friend. Give me a friend. A 14. That does it. <laughs> you, <laughs> you had him down to 13 HP times what his rate was, which was 0.25. That's about a three, give and take a few digits. So yes, you you what's hang on, I got the sound. So you tuck your leg, you chuck the ball, it makes contact with the back of the hoot hoot, and as it falls, you hear dong. And then the You see the click of the Pokeball. Yes. And it's a hard cut. To Jedediah, <laughs> as you see, as all of a sudden, like 20 Pidgeys fly off at the sound of six gunshots and screaming of me going, <laughs> JFK, you turn your head as you're walking out of the bar as you hear six gunshots go off in the distance. <laughs> I just keep walking. Like, I know this shit. JFK, do me a favor. As you're making your way towards this water's edge, Roll me a d20. A d20, no modifiers? No modifiers, just a just a weird d20. 10. 10, all right. So you see nothing originally. However, uh, as you sit and wait with the patience of a sage, you start to notice that the water is beginning to tremble, and all of a sudden, a lotad emerges from the murky depths and it's just kind of hanging out. It's just kind of chilling there. So, I wonder if I can... Can I approach it? Are you good with getting your knickers wet? Sure. Actually, All right, so, I stripped my underwear. Okay. The bartender leans out the window again and just kind of scoffs and then turns back. You wade in. Now, the Lotad sees you coming. He just kind of turns and stares up with you. And if you, if you know what Lotads look like, they just kind of have this goofy eye, like stare on them at all times. But he, he sees you looking right at you. I just look at him. Can I do like a perception check to see if I can tell if it will let me come up to it or no? You could do animal handling. I guess that would be it, even though it's technically a plant. It's a Pokemon. Oh no. I got a nat one plus one. The Lotad is terrified. In fact, the Lotad is trembling. You could see ripples coming from the Lotad 
where it's just kind of sitting on the water as it's shaking back and forth in pain and panic. So I took one Pokeball with me. I'm just going to throw it at it. See what happens. Oh my gosh. All right. Did you not just see everything I went through? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I don't want to kill it. Uh, hey, it's got to be better than him gronk spiking it like the last one. Uh, roll me, roll me a d twenty. Sixteen. <laughs> the silence speaks volumes. <laughs> so. How do, how do you throw the Pokeball, first of all? You know the uh, the carnival game where they have like all the cups, and you gotta throw a ball on it and try to see where it lands? I that's t- a very different game if in the Pokemon universe. Like It's one thing to get a goldfish that's gonna die in a week. It's another thing to get a goldfish that can apparently put a hole through a steel like plate. Well, I'm just using a you know, real-world real world example. I kind of do that to try to have it land on, like, its lily pad. Okay. So you underhand toss the softest pitch you could have possibly seen. It it practically sails through the air with such serene, and it lands smack dab on top of his, uh, like, little lily pad and opens up and sucks him inside. And as it floats back up to the surface, you see that it's ticking red, and it goes... And then you hear the click. Let's go. I just I run up and I grab the ball and I All right. walk out. Uh, so we return <laughs> to Lucas, who has just finished setting up the tents. Penny and Teddy seem to be relatively better. Not perfect, but better. And the tents are done. Um, is there anything? Can you describe the camp area? that I set up and what's around it. Yeah, there's a small stone circle, basically, where you have your fire. There are three tents set up, because uh, there are three... Never mind. I was going to make a very poor joke that I will not make. So you see a small circle of stones that is your fire pit. You see three tents set up, a log that you're kind of using as a bench, and the two packs that you guys have with all of your gear in it. It's kind of sitting or leaned up against the log. Uh, You're relatively close to the edge of the woods, but still in sight of the trail, so there's not a lot of really stuff in your way. And you can still technically see Trigo off in the distance waiting around in his underwear. (laughs) All right. Uh, What are Penny and Teddy up to? Just kind of sitting you said they were slightly better. Okay. So they're not not, getting into anything. One's not getting picked on. They're just kind of just sitting by themselves doing their own thing. They did work together to build the tent. It was very cute. <laughs> and uh, any any listeners who are artistically inclined, that is my first request for fan art. The, making, the, the Disney princess where they're making a tent, basically, instead of a dress. Absolutely. Ryan. I have unfortunate news for you because as you approach the top of the dungeon, you see that the tree line starts to fade out uh, and you start to see the earth basically uh, pick up around you. So you're kind of walking up a kind of slope, I guess you would say, like kind of a rockier slope. And as you get to the top and crest the uh, height of the hill, you spy a 60 foot tall giant blue mill tank. A shiny milk tank? <laughs> yes, 60 feet tall. Erdrick looks at Cyndaquil, looks at his gun, looks at the milk tank. And I, I mean, if you, I, I think it, for the sake of RP, Jack, I think it's better if you characterize Cyndaquil than if I do. So, what does Cyndaquil look like? Because I think Frederick's ready to try to fight this big. Big blue, this big blue monstrosity. Okay, so if that's what, if that's the energy you're giving off, I am very much reminded of a video 
or not a video, uh, an image of some guy sending out a level like 70 Rowlet to fight a level 60 Groudon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sending in the chat right now, but uh, viewers just type in. Yeah, just just know he's kind of just staring, asking if you believe the shit that this guy is putting out there. Uh, he is not glory. eager to fight. Well, I think if if Cynical's not eager to fight, <laughs> Cynical looks terrified right now. Then um, I think I think we approach the mill tank. Lucas, roll me. Uh, Investigation. Investigation, okay. Yes. Yikes. That is a fourth. Okay. No, five. Okay. I can deal. I can live with that. As you start to look up, basically, you don't hear much, but as you look up, you see a sneasel with one of the bags that I said was propped up against the log running back towards Mawile. He hasn't made far from you, and you still have a turn to react, but he is moving, and both of your Pokemon are out, and can reach him, and yeah, so, it's not like it's gone, it's not gone-gone, but it's it's in the hands of something else. I am gonna bolt along after the Sneasel, and say, Teddy, Penny, come on! We, we gotta catch him! All right, roll me. I guess that would be animal handling or not persuasion. I guess roll, just roll me a flat d20 so I can see if they're like caught completely off guard or if they just snap to this. Okay. So no modifiers, just d20? No modifiers. Yeah, that's a, that's a five again. Okay, so Teddy is very ready. Penny is still kind of confused. So you have basically anything Teddy could do, you have that, but Penny's going to need another turn until she's like alert and aware. Okay, so are you saying that the Sneasel was within like one turn movement distance? I'm going to say like 10 feet, so with your movement you're able to catch him easy. Sweet. Alright. In that case, I am going to have Teddy... uh, let me look at his moves quick. I am going to have him run up and just use Covet and oh, try and steal the bag back. Hey, it might not work. You are 100% correct. Roll me a D20 with your modifiers. Mm-hmm. Well, with Teddy's mod. Yes. I need to switch dice because this was a five. So Garbo dice. Ooh. Uh, Teddy brings a very sticky paw down, but the Sneasel is obviously very agile, very fast, and kind of like sidesteps out of the way, almost in the sense where like you see the paw like kind of go, like almost like he hit, but then uh, when he looks up, he just kind of like went another like gonna say three like a foot away, basically, just like barely enough movement to kind of get out of the way. Trigo, roll me insight, or yeah, roll me perception. Seven. Seven, okay. You haven't heard any commotion yet, but if you are alerted, you will be aware, and you can make it probably in a turn or two with a dash. This means it's the Sneasel's turn. The Sneasel is going to use Icy Wind on your Teddy Ursa. Okay. Would an eight hit? An eight does not hit. Okay, so the Sneasel's going to kind of like look at the ground and icy wind the ground. Now, normally that would slow you, but since it missed, it does absolutely nothing. And the ice on the ground is going to make it a little bit slippery, but that's his turn. Okay, okay. So it's back to my turn then. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I still just have Teddy, or do I have no, the Penny ability to like... get the idea now? Penny's getting the idea okay. now. So, does that mean I have the ability to command both of them? You get one command a turn, but... yeah. Okay. Alright. Um, in that case, I will 
have Penny go after the Sneasel, and I will have it use a bite attack. Alright, uh, roll me a d20. Alright. Do I have to tell you the number? Uh, that's how the game works, yes. Or you could lie, <laughs> like some of them. Not any of us, actually. None of us here. I mean, I just... There are modifiers at play with a lot of these roles. But with all the mods, it's another five. So, what you're saying is Penny jumps for a bite, and the Sneasel kind of does, like... <laughs> It, it just kind of like does like the wave almost where like Penny was aiming for one arm and then just kind of goes up and then straight back down. Uh, oh. Can I use a bonus action to take out my handgun, my pistol, and just fire like a warning shot? Sure. Because you're not aiming it, you're just kind of unholstering. Yeah, just in the air, like Frederick celebrating. Sure. Or Frederick getting pissed. Or Frederick being sad. Or Frederick, or Frederick being bored. Alright, so you fire your shot in the air. Trigo, you look over and see that there is a commotion going on, and you start heading over right away. If you want. I mean, for all I know, you could just say screw it. I have, I release Abra. I have Abra grab my clothes, and we start run, I start running over there. Still in my underwear. Okay, alright. So the Sneasel is going to take mental damage. <laughs> and that means it's the Sneasel's turn, and he's still going to start to kind of run away from it, from you guys. So he's going to put a 30 feet between you guys. You could still make your way with a movement, but for one of his actions, he's going to reach into the backpack. I'm not telling you what he grabs, because you don't know what he grabs yet. You can't see it, or you wouldn't be able to see it. So that's the full turn? Yep. He ran, and he has something in his hand. Okay. I am going to have Teddy chase after him this turn, and try and use Covet again. Right. Roll me a d20. Guess what, boys? Nat 20. Five? It's not a five. Okay. It is a... 15! That hits. Okay, so a 15. Teddy's sticky paw swipes down and it completely takes the um, bag away from it almost. <laughs> this is a really weird reference to make. Teddy's almost like the hand from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure where basically he just kind of puts his hand out and everything that's in the way of his swipe just kind of gets raced away and everything comes back to him. So he swipes down and the bag kind of just appears in his hand away from the Sneasel. And Trigo, Wait, as you're arriving, so I question, you have the bag. Is the Sneasel, like, you said it took something out of the bag, though. So, like, was the Sneasel holding the bag in one hand and the thing in the other? Or it was it, like, wearing the, the backpack? It had one hand on the bottom of the bag and one hand fishing through the bag. And both okay. you and Trigo roll me perception. All right. God, if this thing took the egg. Not one! Jedi didn't take anything. Cool. Trigo, you uh, do get a roll, though. What about Trigo? I think I just stop and ask what the whole fuss is. Because I see a Sneasel, I see him took a bag, but that's all I see. Jedediah, what's going on? Yeah, the, the Sneasel, he, he tried to steal our stuff. I, 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 I think we stopped him. I, I mean, I got the bag back. Uh, it, I think... Technically, Teddy and the Sneasel are still in combat, but... Uh, I think I will use Confusion on the Sneasel. Okay, roll me a d20. 18. Dark is unaffected by psychic types. It takes no damage. Oh, I also, we never resolved Teddy doing damage. Correct, actually. Roll me a d20. I was so focused on getting you the backpack, actually. Good memory. What do we got here? It's a D10. Six. Alright, so the Sneasel has something in its hand. You cannot tell what it is with your one. And it is going to con 
look down at the item it has and continue to make a break for it. Uh, I am going to still chase after it and command Teddy and I don't, I mean, can Poochie or Penny also follow us? Not that it matters, but... Yeah, if you want Penny to dash, she'll probably be caught up and then if there's a way to restrain it or hold it, if you have any way to do that through attacks or creativity. Um, so this is multiple things to set up, and I don't know, you probably won't want to allow this, but it's creative. So Penny has the move Howl. The last which... time I've... I'm sorry, I would love to hear this. I'm just sorry, I'm just traumatized by last time I had to do Mending Honey with this question. <laughs> but please proceed. Look, so yes, Howl. Yeah, it, this is less convoluted. Howl gives advantage to all allies making melee attacks against creatures next to Poochiana. Which, okay. if we're all moving along this Sneasel would be. And Ooh. my idea was that Howl gives advantage. Can an advantaged form of Covet be trapping the Pokemon in Teddy's sticky paws? Uh, I will allow this. So this, this works for me. Uh, but Howl would have to be a bonus action, because he can't do two actions at once. Okay. Does it uh, does it say on the move if it's like an action cast time or bonus action or should I would say you can do it without in, without advantage Poochian would just give advantage if you want to say I want to use Covet to restrain it Pokemon that would work okay Alrighty. well yeah in that case also I think I, yeah it looks like it says Howl is a action so in that case no dice, I guess. I just well, want to use Covet to restrain. Okay. Roll me a d20. Okay, d20. Come on. He gets away, I assume, because that was a 2. Unfortunately, yes. He is going to dart away. Did anyone roll for insight to see what the item the Sneasel took? No. Is this you telling us to roll for it, or... Oh, I'm just curious. I, I might be important. I'm, I want to guess that that's you telling us to roll for it. So I'd like to make a uh, investigation roll. Sure. That's an eleven. Eleven. Okay. So you can't see it immediately, but as you go to get the bag back, basically, you walk up to Teddy. You congratulate it. It did a very good. Uh, Teddy did a wonderful job getting the bag back because that would have been really bad if you lost it. However, you notice that this was Trigo's bag, not your own. And as you look through it, or as you basically peer into it, Trigo, you start to kind of rifle through to see what was taken that was so important. It was the letter from your father, or the telegram from your father, basically. Shit. Oh, snap. What, uh, what, what seems to be the matter, Trigo? We got the bag back. Yeah, but the telegram from my father is gone. What uh, What was in this telegram? Nothing. I, I'm sorry, do I know that already, or is that... You would have gotten the telegram, Trigo, when you were at your secret rendezvous, correct? That had your instructions on it, as well as your uh, information for what you needed to do. I thought it was the one that I got from the uh, narc. Yes, Jedi, you would know this telegram because Narc Smegley did read this out loud to your group as well. Well, uh, what's, what's the problem, Trigo? Can't we still just uh, go to your family's place and get uh, the task or the money or whatever it was you had? We could, but we gotta go back through town again to go get it. Fuck. No, but can't we just go straight to the one at uh, Lava Ranch? We could, theoretically. And honestly, we might as well. Well, I don't think we had set our, our course yet for where we want to go next. Maybe oh, maybe now we have. Man, that pisses me off. Stupid fucking Sneasel. I'm sorry, Trigo. I, I tried my best to stop it, but it these things happen sometimes. It happens. 
But hey, guess what? Guess what I did. Oh. I was about to ask that. Why are you almost naked, sir? And I just pull out a low tad, or I release low tad. Low tad. Well, I'll be. By the way. And it's doing the thing that bulldogs do, where they can't look the same direction at once. So one eye is looking at you, and the other eye is like just kind of fumbling around in its socket. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's uh, that's sure is something, Trigo. It is. I think I'm gonna call her Lily. Fantastic. And now I get dressed as me, Abra, and Lily just walk around. And we're, we just kind of mosey off with Jedediah. All right. So um, as you start to basically go down the hill then towards the mill tank, a larger figure rises up over the tree line. He was originally laying down, but a hundred foot tall man with a large axe, a beard that kind of coats his entire chin, a red and green flannel kind of like striping across his chest, and the finest denim you've ever seen towers a hundred feet over you. Um, he hasn't noticed you yet either. He's just kind of like, she just kind of woke up. Oh, I, how would Frederick handle this amount of information? <laughs> how far am I from his pant leg? He is a hundred feet tall. You are six feet tops. No, I'm saying how far am I from his leg? Oh, say you're, I'd say you're still like a hundred feet away from him. You're still on a mountain. Remember that or on like a little hilltop. Oh, so I'm seeing these people from a distance. Um, yes. well, I don't get paid unless I say this. <laughs> Frederick draws his gun. Oh. He, and he shoots into the air and he tries to get this big boy's attention. All right, you guys got anything I could size my voice up here? Um, you could talk like Santa. Oh, there. There you go. Be careful. You're going to put someone's eye out with that thing. Sir, I, I'm, I'm smitten. <laughs> you are a biological anomaly. And uh, wh who are you? Nice to meet you. Name's Tom Funyon. Oh, I think we're going to regret that decision. You want to take that again? <laughs> we're, going, we're going with it. Mean, I mean, that might be your name, but you're going with Tom Thunion. You're 100 feet tall. You could have you said your name was anything, and you went with Tom Thunion? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, Tom, it's uh, it's very nice to meet you and see that you have not squashed me. It's very nice to meet you, too. And he, like, kind of puts a finger out to you. It's now, like, literally a foot away from you, but it's a gigantic finger. Oh, I think Frederick probably puts his hand on his finger um, in, in an effort to shake. Yeah, ah, uh, yes, um, yes. listening to A Fistful of Pokeballs. Jack was our DM, Lucas played Jedediah, JFK played Trigo, and I, Ryan, played Frederick. Please follow us on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. We'd love to hear and, and see our new fans, and if you, if you want to reach out to us, we will give you Pokemon cards. Please check out our additional bonus content as well. Lucas and I just finished up our first episode of The Boondoggles, which is a police procedural show that we are writing together. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Bye.
What I would say is that I've been playing Rocket League with Jack's friends lately. And at this point, I play with them more than he does. They're now my friends. They're not Jack's friends. Oh, oh, at Rocket League, Trigo literally kicks... JFK literally kicks our ass. <laughs>